In this video, I'm gonna talk about the five major challenges facing Generation X. Who are the Generation X? Who are these Gen Xers? And these are a group of people between the age of 45 and 65 years old. Why is this age group so important? In general, everybody goes through this life cycle, this life changes between 45 and 65 years old, and there's a major inflection point happening around 55 years old. So that's why this group is really split into two, the 45 to 55 and the 55 to 65. Let me explain. The 45 to 55 years old, these people are at the top of their career. Top earnings, major responsibilities. They are at the top. They are at the top of their games. Their children, if they have any children, they're still at college, at university. So obviously they're gonna have high expenses in terms of education. They own their own homes, so there's also gonna be high mortgage, property taxes, top the income level, but also a lot of expenses associated with that, with their lifestyle. So their highest spending is around housing, it's around education and obviously healthcare. In terms of retirement, unlike the, the baby boomers, they don't have defined benefit pension plan, corporate pension plan, right? So they rely on their 401k, their savings. So they're putting a lot of money at that age on pension contribution to their 401k so that they prepare for retirement. Most of their savings, most of their investments is actually in the 401k and they're invested in the stock market. One of the big things happening also at that, in that age group, the 45 to 55 years old, is a work-life conflict. They're the top of their games again. They also have a lot of responsibilities, which means that their work is really pulling them, asking a lot of their attention. Their kids are at college, at universities, a lot of expenses associated with that. And then they're really pulled into these directions uh, between having a right balance between work and life. The 55 to 65 years old is kind of like on the other side of that. What you're gonna find is that they're kind of just, just past their prime. Their career moves are now more limited. They are a little bit less desirable in the job market. Put yourself in the shoes of an employer. Would you rather hire someone that is 55 or 60 years old that's gonna work for you maybe for five or 10 years or someone that is gonna be between 35 and 55 that you know it can potentially work for you for like 10, 20 years and also gonna cost you less money and they're also gonna feel a little bit less entitled. They're gonna put more effort into the job. So this is kind of like what's going on. So they're a little bit less desirable in the job market, which makes their career move a little bit more limited. So it's a little bit harder for you to climb up the ladder at 55 years old than it is when you're 35 or 45 years old. Children luckily are out of college, out of university. It doesn't mean that they're away from home. Some of them are coming back home, so you still have to deal with them and help them out and feed them and all that kind of stuff. But at least the big expense, the big education expense, you don't have that burden anymore. So that's a good thing. But we are seeing a median income decrease, a decline in median income, about 20%. When we go from this age group, the 45 to 55, which was at their peak, and then when you go into 55 to 65, their median income is actually going down by as much as 20%. So top expenses for the 55 to 65 is gonna be housing costs, maintenance, mortgage, property taxes, all that good stuff. Healthcare on the rise, obviously. Also a little bit more in terms of retirement anxiety. So with this age group, they really, now that the kids are out of university, their focus is shifting a little bit more towards retirement. What are they gonna do now? They're gonna 
kind of regain their freedom, be empty nesters, as they say, and then being able to focus more on themselves and on their uh, kind of like what lifestyle they want to have, in more travel, more uh, retirement, a little bit uh, reduced hours maybe at work and all that kind of stuff. So more of that, but that's also causing some retirement anxiety because now they're starting to do the math and thinking about how much money do I need to achieve this and this is kind of a big problem. The other thing that's coming into play as well that people don't foresee this is elder care for the parents. And often this is a cost that you have to bear uh, to help your parents actually go into assisted living facility or whatever. This is something that come out of nowhere. People don't realize that it, it happens, but it does happen every once in a while. So let's talk about these five challenges facing Generation X. The number one challenge is income decline. We talked about that already. So imagine yourself at the peak of your career and then looking ahead and saying that your options are starting to dwindle. You're kind of hitting a ceiling. Your career options are limited. You're less desirable maybe on the job market. If you didn't get a promotion, you would go to another company and promote yourself into that new job. Now, these options are kind of evaporating a little bit right now at that age group. So that's causing a little bit of a concern. You're starting to realize that your career options are kind of evaporating. And you also may start to, to see your income decline in that age group. You may not see your income decline, but there's all kinds of factors that are affecting the overall uh, median income in that age group. And we're going to talk about that. So you've worked hard, you've achieved so much, and yet you feel that your career is running out of gas. You feel that you're at, kind of at the end. The median salary in the 45 to 55 age group is $97,000. When you hit the 55 to 65 age group, that medium income is around $75,000. That's a massive reduction of 20% in just about a 10 year span. So why are we having this massive drops? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Your boss is not calling you and say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna cut your salary by 20%. That's not exactly how it works. So why is this happening? Because some of the workers are taking early retirement. Sometimes it's voluntary and sometimes it's not. Like two thirds of the workers are actually retiring earlier than they anticipated. And why is that? It's due to late career layoff. It's due to health issues. And it's also sometimes you have to kind of reduce your hours or you have to quit your job to take care of a loved one. And these unplanned early retirement are absolutely devastating. First of all, you're losing income because you're not working. You can't save as much. You also are missing out on returns on your investment that you were potentially anticipating. If you have to take social benefits early, then you're not maximizing these social security benefits. So they're significantly reduced uh, earlier on. If you have to take money out of your 401k before the age of 59 and a half, again, you have very big penalties for doing so. These unplanned early retirements are very costly and devastating. This is why we see the median income of the 55 to 65 years old actually decline by 20% in that age group. In fact, just this week, a friend of mine about 55 years old was laid off from his management position at a very large high-tech company. So again, late career layoff is gonna be very difficult for him to find a job at the same level that's gonna pay the same and have the same benefits because he's competing with a lot of people that are gonna be more eager, they're gonna be cheaper and all that kind of stuff. He has one son in college, so he still has to pay for that education and now he has to pay 
for COBRA, so COBRA insurance for, to maintain his health insurance. And that premium is $1,400 a month. So now you have these additional expenses coming in and you don't have the income coming in. Very challenging situation. It happens often that you get laid off and it's gonna take a while. It could take three, four, five months before you find another job. And the job you find may not be the same level that you have. So what's the solution for this? You wanna have an alternative source of income that is passive so that you don't have to work at it and it's just coming in. And for me, the best passive income is single family rentals. It's something that you can build over time, maintain, and then grow at one, two houses every year. And then by the time you reach 55, 65 years old, you have a solid portfolio that you can rely on that can bridge the gaps in income if you have a, a period where you don't have any income coming in. But also if you decide to take a job that is not offering as high a salary as you had before, then it can bridge that gap as well. But ideally, what you wanna do, you wanna plan ahead. This is not something that you can do after you had your late career layoff. You have to plan ahead and build that passive income portfolio ahead of time so that when it happens, then you are ready. The second major challenge facing the Generation X is rising expenses. So you've always dreamed of a comfortable home, but the housing costs are going up. Your mortgage is the same, but property taxes are going up, utilities are going up. And now that the kids are out of the house, you're starting to look at your kitchen and your bathroom and you say, well, shouldn't it be time to renovate? So you have like deferred maintenance. You also delayed maybe some renovations to change the, the style of your house because you were paying a lot of money towards the education for your kids. Now you say, well, now it's time to change the kitchen, spend $50,000 on that, $20,000 in the bathroom, do this, do that. You may also be considering, maybe should we downsize? Should we move somewhere else? So there's a lot of things that are happening here with, uh, with the housing situation, and this could be additional cost for you, so be aware of that. And just when you thought that you could breathe a sigh of relief, you're also seeing an increase in healthcare costs. Not just the healthcare premium, but I'm talking about also additional medicines that you didn't think you would have to spend on, procedures, more doctors visits and stuff like that. So things that are happening in terms of health that now you have to spend money on that you didn't have to spend money on in the past. It's really a double whammy because you thought you would be out of that, the big education expense that you were so focused on between 45 and 55. Now this thing disappears and then you have all these other expenses that are showing up and then you have a reduction in income that's also happening. So you have stress at work, you have also financial stress and this is really a double whammy. And your disposable income, basically what happens is that between 45 and 55 years old, your disposable income is about $30,000. That's the median disposable income. When you hit the 55 to 65 years old, that drops down to $20,000. So you have like that $10,000 a year that's kind of disappeared that you used to have. So the solution to this is to maintain a high income level. You wanna maintain that high income level even though you might lose your job, you might have to have a reduction in salary or sometimes a change in responsibility where a job doesn't demand as much but you get paid less all that kind of stuff so you want to have an alternative source of income a passive source of income that's going to help bridge that gap you may also consider moving in a state where the state income taxes are lower so for me, for example, I moved from California where I was paying 15% state income tax to Florida where I don't have to pay any state income tax. 
you may want to also move to a state where the cost of living in general is, is cheaper. For example, again, in Florida, I'm paying a third of what I used to pay in health insurance. And I save a lot of money here every month by being in Florida in terms of taxes that I don't have to pay and also in terms of health insurance. So there's a lot of these decisions. Obviously, moving to another state is not something that you kind of do at the last minute, especially at that age, 55 to 65 years old. Again, like everything else, you want to plan ahead. Know that this is coming in your direction and then plan accordingly. Again, having a passive income portfolio is going to help here. It's going to help maintain your income level. And it's also going to give you flexibility if you decide to move to another state because now you have this passive income that's coming in every month and that's gonna help you move to another state a lot easier. Now, the third major challenge facing the Generation X is retirement anxiety. So you've been diligent about saving for retirement in your 401k, your employer maybe even had contribution matching, so you have a solid 401k saving. And this is really what you're relying on in order to retire. You're also gonna realize that the 55 to 65 year olds, you have a lot of equity in your house, but that equity, you can't really use that equity. Typically, you're not gonna go and refinance your house in order to retire with the money from the loan. This is not something that people do because that's gonna dramatically increase your expenses. Especially if you're in a market like California, you may realize that you can't even afford the house that you bought like uh, 20 years ago. You've bought a house that's $750,000. 20 years later, you want to refine, it's worth $2 million and you want to take out 80% of that $2 million house, $1.6 million, and then you want to refinance it that way. You may not even qualify for that kind of loan. You can't even afford to live in the house you're currently living in but you have all this equity that's in there. So don't rely on that equity saying, oh yeah, I have all that equity in the house and I can always use it. No, you can't always use it. The only way that you would be able to use it is if you were to sell that house, get the equity out and then find another place to live, which is what I've done. So you're really heavily reliant on your 401k. The median retirement savings is $134,000 for the 55 to 65 year old. Maybe you're lucky, maybe you were able to save a lot more than that, and I certainly hope so. But this is the median. 50% of the people have saved even less than that. So Wall Street is telling you that in order for you to make $75,000 a year in retirement income from your investment, you need $2 million in retirement savings. This is assuming that you're using like a 4% asset withdrawal method in order to generate that $75,000 in retirement income. The 4% asset withdrawal method works by basically looking at your entire stock portfolio. And the first year is to take 4% of that portfolio. And then the year after that is to take that same amount, but adjusted with inflation. This is kind of how it works. You would basically take some money out of your stock portfolio every year to pay for your living expenses. That's going to be kind of like your retirement income. So if we're looking at the median retirement savings of $134,000 and the $2 million, you can see that there's a little bit of a gap here between the two. And how do you bridge that gap? especially when you're at 55, 65 years old, you have 10 years now to come up with $1.8 million in order to retire at $75,000 a year in retirement income, which is not a great income. So you combine this problem with unplanned early retirement. You're looking at late career layoff that kind of forcing you to uh, have 
take maybe a job that is paid less, has less responsibility, you have this additional gap in income there. So you're going to realize pretty soon that that $134,000 is really not going to take you that far. So then you start looking at the equity. So the average equity of an individual in this age group is $212,000. So most of it is in your house and stuff like that, but can you refinance your house? Can you sell your house? You know, all these things. And really you can't refinance as I mentioned earlier. So selling would be the only option. So what's the solution for this? The solution for this is obviously plan ahead. So you want to start investing early so that you're ready when the time occurs. And where do you invest? The ideal investment is something that's going to generate cash flow forever. So you want something that's going to appreciate over time. You want something that's going to offer you tax advantages so that you can invest more year after year is going to reduce your tax footprint. Something that you can leverage, leverage when you buy, but also leverage later on in life. And you want something that's going to offer you inflation protection. Well, guess what that is? That is rental real estate. I prefer single family rentals as I mentioned, but because you can start building your portfolio slowly instead of multifamily where you basically have to wait, 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 and then buy an apartment building. I prefer to build a single family rental, build the portfolio slowly. And that way uh, it's much easier for you to kind of like get in the groove of doing that. Now let's go to the fourth challenge, the fourth major challenge facing Generation X, and that is health. Obviously, I don't need to tell you that the healthcare costs are on the rise, not only the health insurance premium, but when you hit the 55 to 65 years old, you end up with more procedures, more medication that you have to pay for that you didn't have to pay for before. That's going to increase the amount of money that you have to spend towards your healthcare. The portion of your income that goes to healthcare costs goes from 6.5% for the 45 to 55 years old to 8.5% for the 55 to 65 year olds. This is a significant increase in healthcare costs. So it's the 2% increase in terms of the amount that you have to spend on healthcare. Now, this doesn't include health concerns with respect to your partner and sometimes your parents. You have to also consider that because this is coming in kind of as a surprise when you're in this group where you have you take care of your elderly to your elderly parents, their health care costs, assisted living and all that kind of stuff that you have to start looking at and potentially contribute to help them in their older years. So all these health factors, your personal health, the health of your partners and the health of your parents are affecting the level of expenses that you pay, but also your time, the time that you spend at work, the time that you would spend traveling, enjoying life and all of that. This all affects you, but also your work and the level of income that you can make. So this is pretty significant and people often in that age group, they don't see that. A lot of these things come as a surprise. So the solution for that is, you know, many health factors are out of our control, right? So we can't predict that we're going to have cancer, or we're going to have an accident. So there's a lot of it is out of our control. And you want to focus on functional fitness. You want to have good, healthy habits, good diet and all that kind of stuff. But again, you know, as these healthcare costs increase, you want to make sure that you have enough income to cover these things. The more income you have, it's going to be easier on you. So you want to have, again, passive income portfolio, 
that's going to be maintaining a stable income so that you can afford these expenses and make your life a lot easier. As you're building that passive income portfolio, the other advantage is that some of these healthcare premiums and healthcare costs can be tax deductible against your business. So this is another advantage uh, of this as well. Now, the fifth challenge facing the Generation X is uncertain future. So you've done the math, you look at your 401k, you look at your income, you're assuming that your income is gonna go down, expenses are gonna go up and blah, blah, blah. You think, well, things are gonna be tight, but I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it as long as nothing goes wrong. I don't need to tell you, this is not a good way to plan. You don't wanna to plan to the extreme where everything goes wrong, but you wanna have a little bit of a buffer. You wanna have a safety net in case some of these things actually go wrong. Now, Wall Street wants you to invest all your money in the stock market. And uh, the problem is that is that you're not in control of the stock market. Talking about uncertainty, stock market is not a certain. A good company, one day could be worth, the stock could be worth $100, and the same very good company with the same profit could be worth $60 next couple of months or the next year. So you can't really rely on that, especially if you're using the 4% asset withdrawal method, you may find yourself in a situation where you have to take money out of your stock market portfolio to pay for your retirement income when the value of your stock portfolio is down. It does happen. Which means that even if you did have $2 million in retirement saving invested in the stock market and you were using the 4% asset withdrawal method, everything goes according to plan, there is still a 20% chance that you're going to run out of money before you pass away. Are you willing to take that chance? There's a good website called 4% Rule where you can actually calculate and analyze kind of like different strategies for you to maximize the retirement savings that you have and then kind of like see what is the probability of you running out of money and by what age. So this is an excellent website and it actually helps you analyze kind of like the probability of you running out of money by looking at previous stock market performances over the year and then kind of like adding all of them up and then figuring out if and how you could potentially be running out of money. So the solution for this uncertain future is to invest in an asset that's going to generate consistent return, consistent cash flow year after year. So if you have a stock market portfolio, as we mentioned, it fluctuates up and down. The value fluctuates. So you have to, you know, if when you take the money out, you may have to sell stocks at a loss in order to pay yourself that year. With single family rentals, even if the value of the houses goes up and down, you don't really care because that's not the money that you're using. What you're focused on is the net cash flow, the money that's being paid by your tenants and then paying all these expenses. So yes, some tenants, they're not going to pay, you know, and that's fine. But you have a portfolio of income and in general, the portfolio, there's going to be about five, six percent vacancy that you have a reserve for. So you don't have to worry too much about that. And you're going to be able to have a consistent, positive cash flow month after month. You also want to have an asset that appreciates over time, an asset that you can leverage, leverage when you buy it, but also leverage in the future. And I'm going to show you in a moment a good strategy for leveraging that property in the future. And you want an asset that has tax advantages, right? You're running a business. So some of these expenses would be advantageous for you to basically go against your income and then 
reduce your tax footprint. So for all these reasons, the portfolio of single family rentals is ideal. You have to start early, start building your passive income portfolio as soon as possible, and then grow that portfolio over time. And when you hit 55 to 65 year old, you have a solid portfolio that you can rely on for your future income. So there are really two ways to get started. The first way is to buy turnkey rentals and then basically put your 20% down closing costs and then you buy a property that is turnkey. That means that it was recently renovated, it's rented out, it's cash flowing. They tell you what the property management uh, is, who the property managers are, and then you just go with that turnkey property. The other way to do this is to use flip system. And flip system is a system to basically help you buy distressed property, renovate them, rent them out, and then either sell that property or refinance that property and keep it for passive income. You can sell that property to build your capital so that you can buy more rentals, or if you have great returns, then you can just refinance that property and keep it for your portfolio for the future. So that's flipsystem.com. Now your portfolio is gonna generate positive cash flow and it's gonna appreciate over time. Appreciation is tax-free. Your cash flow will be offset by the depreciation. So you're still getting the cash flow in the bank, but your depreciation, when you're gonna file your taxes, the depreciation on that house is actually gonna offset your net cash flow. So you're not gonna pay taxes on your cash flow. And a lot of people in that age group, you have a lot of money, hopefully, in your 401k. And a lot of people think that I can only invest my 401k in the stock market. And this is not true. If you need to know, you can invest from your 401k into real estate. If you're interested to know how to do this, please connect with me and I'll show you how this is done. But you could use your 401k and invest in real estate. Now, during retirements, you're going to get your benefit. You're going to get your social security benefits. You're going to receive your cash flow every month from your portfolio of single family rentals. And even if a few tenants are not paying, that's fine. You have a reserve for your vacancy that you planned ahead, maybe five or 6%. One thing that's pretty important because it appreciates over time. So the value is increasing. So when one of the mortgage gets paid off, you would be able to leverage, let's say $150,000 property, single family rental, you'd be able to mortgage it and get a loan for $120,000. That $120,000 goes in your pocket, in the bank, that's part of your retirement income. That's one house, $120,000 in the bank. Is this income? It is not income, it's not taxable. There's no taxes to be paid there. Are you paying the loan, the $120,000 loan? No, you're not. The tenant is paying the loan. Are you getting tax advantages? Yes. The interest payment is a tax advantage. So it's tax deductible on your taxes. So it's gonna offset the amount of taxes that you would pay on that. The house at the end still cash flows. You wanna make sure that after you take the loan, the property still cash flows. This is a very good way for you to make a solid income, 120. If you have like multiple properties like this, Every year, you can just mortgage one of these properties and live off that mortgage. So this is a great way to do it. And if you have some other income and you don't need it one year, you need it another year, you just keep doing it. You just have that in your back pocket. Hey, I hope you found this video helpful. Every week I produce videos to help you achieve financial freedom and secure your retirement. Feel free to connect with me if you need help to build a solid plan to achieve financial freedom or secure your retirement. I'm a real person and I'm here to help. Make sure you like this video, post your comments, ask your questions. I'll, I'll review all these questions. It's actually gonna help me 
build the next videos. The more I know about what you need, the better I can prepare a video that's going to suit and answer your question. Make sure you subscribe to my channel so that you don't miss my next video and see you next week.